Hi guys, welcome back to the To All The People podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I know I say this all the time and I know I probably shouldn't say this, but this is probably one of my favorite interviews for this season. I am interviewing Gigi Robinson. Gigi is an author, an entrepreneur, a boss babe, and a sports illustrated model. Y'all are going to really love Gigi today because a lot of the things that she talks about are the things that resonates within our own selves. Gigi is someone that was one of the first sports illustrated models to talk about having chronic illnesses and in lieu of her getting these diagnoses she did not let it stop her like if you are someone that's really struggling to believe in yourself and struggling to believe that you can and cannot do something this episode is for you she talks about her belief system on being delusional and how she doesn't believe in being delusional because she just simply believes in herself which was a bar in itself she also talks about overcoming friendship breakups and just learning to love your natural self without putting so much pressure on equating who you are and your sense of self-worth to the things that you have. So if you want to feel empowered and inspired, then this episode is the perfect one for you. Thanks for listening to the To All The People podcast. You can be sure to follow Gigi Robinson on all of her social handles. She also just wrote a book about chronic illnesses, so be sure to check it out. Thanks for listening. Now let's get right into the podcast, y'all. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Today I have Gigi. How are you doing, Gigi? Hi. So good. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Thanks for coming on. There's like so much I want to talk to you about. Um, before we get started, I was recently just reading an article about you and you said that when you have a chronic health issue, it can just feel so daunting and so lonely and so never ending. Before we dive deep in like all of your accomplishments, Sports Illustrated, your children's book, I really want to talk to you about being diagnosed with an illness at 11 and how that probably affected your womanhood. Would you say that was probably like your first know that you ever received? Did you ever feel like you were set up to fail at the jump? Yeah, that's that's a deep way to start. I'm not me being like, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> oh God, that's deep. Um, no, but I, I think at a young age when you are dealt with a health issue, it's all you know. Yeah. So there was never any kind of like, oh, I'm starting out with a no. It was, it was, this was the way my life was and I had to adapt and work around it. And mm -hmm. that's just something that I always chose to do. I mean, I had to give up competitive swimming. It was, you know, around 2009, 2010. So I was 10, 11 years old. And I think that was like during Michael Phelps's peak as yeah. an Olympic swimmer. Yeah. And I just was like, I want to be like him. I want to be yeah. an Olympic swimmer. I know I can do it. I win a lot in the swim meets. Little do we know that that's because my joints are hypermobile due to the connective tissue disorder. And wow. so the doctor was like, you need to stop because if you don't, if you don't stop, you're going to get more injured than you already are. So yeah. stop. And that's when I started finding art and whatnot. And I just kind of channeled my pain through my creativity and escaped into the art world. And yeah. I mean, that's that's how I'm where I'm at today. So it, it definitely also, I would say, shaped my womanhood. I'm sure we'll get deeper later. But yeah. knowing as a woman that you have to deal with the world as it is and yeah. men and people not believing you all the time like that's just yeah. being a woman yeah you also take an invisible health condition on top of that and people just don't want to hear it oh you're too young you're yeah. too pretty you don't look sick you aren't you know in a in a physically disabled enough state to be sick you mentally must not be sick because you're not on medication yet and so there are yeah. so many things that I dealt with over the past decade from other people just inserting their opinions onto me and yeah. whatnot that I just honestly honestly just was like whoa this is this is wild that other people would insert their opinions on me because they can't see what's actually wrong underneath Ooh, yeah. so that that shaped me but I think it also made me stronger yes yes I had to start it off deep yeah I had to yeah. you know just so we can Love you it. know dive deeper whatever um, I really like that you talked about how oftentimes people can't see what a person is really going through. And the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because when I was like reading your story and researching you and stuff and the things that you've you've accomplished and done, I think it's very interesting, like how you were able to pivot and find something that worked mm -hmm. for you. And when I saw that you had done Sports Illustrated and then to also read that you were one of the first people to speak out about having 
a chronic illness. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Like, were you like, oh my gosh, like I really did this. I really accomplished this. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that moment happened. Yes, yeah. definitely. I would say part of it was I, I mean, I've told this story a couple of other times, but I had seen uh, the one of the girls in the swim search, Katie Austin, yeah. go through and win, and she was from USC. Like, I'd been in the same room as her mm-hmm. at school a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she was an alumni. She's a couple years older than me, so I'm not sure what the age difference was, but we were around each yeah. other at some point in time. And I didn't think it was a coincidence that I saw that. And I was gravitating towards it. It wasn't something I had ever thought of like, I need to bust my ass so I can do this. It was just, it happened to pop up on my feed. I happened to follow the swim search in 2021 because I was following Katie and Katie was in it. And then in 2021, I was on a date with this guy and we're, we're old friends and it was just happened to be a date and we're talking and he's like, so what are you doing next? And this is September, 2021, right after they announced the rookie that year. And I was like, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to be in Sports Illustrated next year. Like, I'm Ooh. going to. Yeah. And he was like, ha, And I was like, ha, ha, No, like, seriously, <laughs> mark my words. And then basically, just, just remember that. Then I'm down in Florida again for Art Basel 2021 with one of my good friends. I'm like, oh, shit. It's our last day. I got to go film my footage. So yeah. I, like, go to the beach. I bring, like, three different outfits. I shoot some of my footage for that. Then I edit it over the next month in January. I'm down in Florida again, and I press submit on my submission for the swim search. Two weeks later, I happen to be in Florida again, and I get a phone call from the team, and they're like, yeah, you made it to the next round of the swim search. And I just – I knew that if I had the opportunity to enter, it wouldn't be for anything other than raising and amplifying the voices of women and people dealing with chronic health issues and also just showing up as I am, right? I didn't go through and get M-sculpt yeah. or any of the the body – stuff that people do before all that yes exactly I didn't I didn't go on a diet for two weeks I didn't do a juice cleanse and I'm I just I knew that if I had this opportunity I I would make sure that I did it authentically and also when when you think about it if you have a chronic health issue a lot of the time you do just show up how you are yeah. because you don't have the mental or physical energy to go through and spend that extra money and the extra time to I guess, like, get into shape as the yeah, industry might yeah. want you to be. Um, I'm also 5'4", you know, I'm, I'm a thick girly. I'm, like, a size 8'10". Yeah, yeah. So I think also that was big, too. And I don't yeah. retouch. I didn't ask for retouching on my photos. So being clear on that also kind of shows the example of what I think women and the whole industry as a whole should be moving towards to self-acceptance and self-love. Yeah. So that was kind of how that whole thing went down. And I'm just so, so grateful. I mean, it's literally just – I just passed my one-year mark shooting like literally That's two days amazing. ago. And – it's just – it's so incredible to see yeah. what's happened as a result of that and how I've been able to grow from creator to health advocate to public speaker to mm-hmm. now author. And I think that it's just so, so incredible that I got to do that. That is amazing. Where does like – listening to all of this, you seem like you have like a very – I'm going to get it. I'm going to do it where did that perseverance come from? Mm. Like, was there an event that maybe caused it? Was there something that maybe happened? Like, where do you like find like the strive to keep going? I think it's just like intuitive. Yeah. Like I don't let myself get frustrated or angry Mm -hmm. when things don't go my way. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that's interesting how can I use this situation to grow instead of how can this situation or how is this situation making me angry, frustrated, mad, negative, low? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, how can I learn from this? How can I grow? How can this make me stronger? How can I help others? How can I serve? And so I don't really know what that key moment was. I mean, it's hard to say after – I mean, I guess if I would have to reflect on it, I would say it was probably my health issues and from a young age having to always make something positive and distract myself and learn how to live life in a way that was 
I think, more conducive to being a kid. Yeah. Right? Like, I, in a way, was forced to grow up in the health area of things, right? Mm -hmm. When you're a kid, a lot of the times your health is, like, the least of your concerns. But that had to be a top priority for me while I grew up, through adolescence, through my teenage years, through college even, right? Yeah. And instead of doing a lot of that like play and and I guess working on just being a kid and hanging out with people yeah. and going and doing things I was like career and health and school mm-hmm. those were my priorities yeah uh it was probably actually career school health mm-hmm. and not play and I think when you add this factor of play in of like okay for me, that was musical theater. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I love, I'm show tunes girl. People usually don't expect that from me, but yeah. it's, I, I love Broadway. I love it. I I'm, love I'm it a New too. Yorker, so yes. like, how could yes. I not? Yes. And you're also a creative. Exactly. So like, music, singing, dancing, showbiz. Yeah. I just love it. And so there was that. And I think that was a good outlet for me, it, just even on my flights to and from school, because I went to USC, mm-hmm. there, you know, the flights out to LA, it's long. Yeah. I would listen to like Hamilton twice or like Dear Evan Hansen yeah. three times, just so I could know all the lyrics, know the yeah. songs, like vibe and just ooh, sorry, I didn't mean to touch that. <laughs> um, I would just I would just do that. And then I think now more as an adult where I don't have school anymore, mm-hmm. I just have my business and my entrepreneurial, I guess, interests. And then I also have other things like friends and and social and my health. Like now that that's more in check, I am able to take vacations and to go treat myself to things and incorporate things that I actually like that enhance what I'm doing instead of hindering it. So if I do have a bad day, I have the tools and resources now. Mm -hmm. Whereas a teenager, I think I didn't even – understand that concept yet so I don't know that was like a really crazy long-winded answer no it's okay we love crazy long-winded answers okay good so um (laughs) whenever like I was like you know reading your story and stuff it stood out to me because I don't know if I don't know if you know this I don't really talk about this often but um when I was when I was 20 years old I had came home from Mm -hmm. college with some friends I used to be a cross-country runner had already had like so many things going on in life so for me at least you know Growing up, not having a lot, growing up with a single mom, my I attributed my um, my self-worth to succeeding. And so whenever something would happen, I would get in this mindset of like, OK, let me just keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, that's OK. I'm just going to yeah. ignore it. I'm just going to ignore it. And there's been a lot of moments in life recently, more than ever, where I am like forced to sit down, forced to deal with my stuff. I can't run away from it anymore. So when I came home from college when I was 20, I got in a really bad car accident. Mm. And um, I went to the doctor. Well, the ER, they said nothing was wrong. You're fine, Janelle, you're fine. I got sent home. I was home for two weeks. And come to find out, I broke my hip. Mm. So my bone completely died. And I had to in a sense be born again and then that mindset like I had to it took me two years to gain my strength back I had to spend six months relearning how to walk I walked with a limp for like a good probably year of my life and in that moment that perseverance that I always had that that need to strive that need to keep going I just felt like I couldn't do it have you ever had a moment like that like throughout your journey of health where you're just like, damn, I don't know if I'm actually going to make it. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry that happened. That sounds terrifying. And (laughs) it also, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but like, were you going to do track professionally? Like, was that ever a goal? It was was just just kind of fun. So cross country track, it was sports to me was like my, my way of like ridding stress. Oh, okay. So if it's something that I love, similar to like you swimming and stuff and then being told, hey, I can't do th- right. can't do this anymore. You know, so to me at least, it's just like I'm good now. I've done all the healing, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just like, has there ever been a setback so harsh mm-hmm. that you felt like, I don't know if I can get through this? Yeah. So it's actually not a physical one. It's a mental one. Mm. And I think it's friendship breakups. Yeah. Like, I think over my life, my persistence and my confidence has been something that's been detrimental at times to jealous friends. Ooh, yeah. And therefore, 
made me feel like I was doing something wrong professionally mm-hmm. or I was doing something wrong like not ethically but like the fact that it could affect a friendship so deeply mm-hmm. like I just internalized that for so long instead of being like other people just can't handle your light yeah which is the reality is a That's lot a of people thing. are jealous That's and a real thing. this happened to me from a young age like I started entering and winning art competitions when I was in third grade yeah that's like kind of like a young age to start doing that and I always just wanted to build my art portfolio from a young age like and I also I know I mentioned I did make that switch sorry I did make that switch from swimming to art but I had always been a creative person like that was just inherent to who I am but when I started winning the competitions more regularly in high school, it became a thing of, of course you won it. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Duh. No wonder. And it it became a jealousy thing. And yeah. I felt bad for being so accomplished. And also that I think, su- not surprise factor, but that win of like, oh, yes, like I got it. Yeah. After winning so many, it just went down. Yeah. I, it didn't do anything. Yeah. Now, I think a lot of that's like, oh, what's the next pitch? What's the next brand deal? What's the next launch that you're doing? Like, that's what being an entrepreneur, I think, really feels like. But it's just wild to me how people that you trust and who potentially were in your life for so many years or a certain amount of years, more three, four years, five years, like how how they could just turn around and go, it's just too much for me or you make me feel small or things like that. I mean, though, and, and I, during college, when I was at my sickest mm-hmm. and I was really struggling the most, I had certain friends just be like, oh, well, because you helped me get this job doesn't mean I have to be your friend anymore or like because I, I I honestly am the kind of person that's always going to put a friend on yeah like you if don't a, kick the ladder down no help people climb up yes like all yeah. I want is for my friends to do well ever I don't care about an introduction like yeah great I'm a connector I want yeah. I want you to win I yeah. want you to get the brand deal or the job or the the new contact that's going to yeah. help you in some way and other people saw that as a handout instead mm-hmm. of like uh like yeah they just saw that as a handout and they didn't like that and then with my health stuff people just thought I wasn't they thought I was bluffing like it just was a whole thing so those friendship setbacks caused me to feel really lonely but I just kept pushing through like there was no choice yeah there was just no choice but that happened a majority like 2019 to 2020 I feel like friendship breakups can oftentimes be harder than actually romantic breakups. And I like that you talked about you felt very lonely. I was talking to my trauma therapist recently and she I was like some because when I get on her table and she starts doing body work Mm -hmm. on me, sometimes you cry and you cannot control it. And I was talking to her and it's so funny you said that I was like, I just feel so lonely. Yeah. And she said, when you are a pioneering woman, you will feel lonely all the time amen she was like you will feel lonely often and sometimes people feel so intimidated when you learn to walk in your truth but that's just because you spent a lot of times cultivating yourself Mm -hmm. and doing what you like to do and sometimes people will like attribute their success to like what you have going on and what you're doing in your life and it's just like we're all different we're not the same right Like, we are not the same. And, like, it just creates this really weird competitive rivalry that doesn't necessarily need to be there. And then also the thing to remember, I think, especially if you're either in the same field as a friend or in a field adjacent or your friend is doing something that you want to do or aspire to do, remember the journey, right? Yes. Like, I started social media before 2017, like with my brand, posting as a photographer first. I wanted to do, you know, movie posters. I wanted to do billboards. Yes. That I wanted to do that as a craft. I also really wanted to work with top photographers in Los Angeles, like mm-hmm. Yusai, who full circle moment was shooting with him for Sports Illustrated. Like that That's was amazing. just beyond. Girl, you'd be out here manifesting. No, literally. That's really and, what it is. I also wanted to work or meet or be friends with Nigel Barker, like the the man, the myth, America's the legend. Next time model. And I met him at Fashion Week in That's September. Amazing. And like we're buddies. Yeah. I mean, I say buddies lightly, but yes. Nigel, if you're listening. Let's be friends. <laughs> uh, but but that's how it started. 
and I posted my photos there. And as I did that, I started working with more brands and there, I just jumped in front one day and I'd already done so much self-portraiture. I was like, why not shoot for brands? Yeah. The money's better actually than if I was hired as a photographer, yeah. director yeah. of photography. So I might as well just go in and use my likeness. Why not? Yeah. And I started just building on campus. And so that was in 2017. Six years later, look at where I am. Yes. But to my friends starting today- They don't or, see all don't, that. They don't see all that and work. And they just see- Yep. Oh, well, I want what you have. How do I get where you are? And I'm like, well, do you want me to give you a marketing class? Do you want me to give you a PR class? Do you want me to give an art direction class? Do you want me to teach you how to use software? Do you want me to teach you how to you know, test the algorithms? Mm -hmm. Do you want to teach me how to, how to network, how to get invited to events? I mean, literally, that's, that's what goes into it. Yeah. Um, do you want me to teach you how to show up on camera? Like that's and not be crazy. awkward because some people will want what you have, but they won't have the, the tenacity. Yeah, they will not have the consistency because sometimes people are not called to do it. Right. And like that's like a lot of times on this podcast, I always talk about because sometimes I'll get messages about how to do this and how to do that. And then when I think about how because I just started doing content creating last year. Like you're crushing, trying to, I just started doing it last year. And when I started doing it, I started thinking to myself how like, I had to go study. I wasn't in anybody's DM saying, yeah. hey, teach me how to do this. I knew that if I wanted to learn how to design my book, mm -hmm. I needed to go on YouTube and watch an yeah. Adobe InDesign yeah. video. I knew that anything that I wanted to do, I had to educate myself on it. I'm not an educating yeah. source. Like, I'm not here to be your emotional therapist. Right. I'm not here to lift you up because there are a lot of people that just simply want to take and there are also a lot of people yeah. that just want to keep you around to keep up with you. Yes. It's like they don't give oh, a my. damn about anything that you got going on. They just want to keep you around and keep up with you. Yeah. Yeah. And they want to be adjacent and they want to and that's ride with scary, you. yes. It is, especially if they've been in your life for a number of years and you yes. think that they are somebody that does support you, but they really don't. Or like yes. they have an ulterior motive to like use you. I think I luckily have really amazing friends and I think the ones that have stuck around yes. have shown that they've been there for me at my lowest, but they've mm -hmm. also been there for me at my highest through mm -hmm. all these exciting moments and our friendship is the exact fucking same. Love and that. that's so incredible and everyone else just kind of falls away. Like I just don't have the energy. Like if somebody's acting shady, I will either confront it yeah, or I just won't and I'll just let it fizzle because if somebody's going to come to me and ask me for something and they're not asking me how I'm doing, eh, sorry. Yes. Bye. <laughs> I feel like the – do you like calling yourself an influencer? Um, I mean I think there's different, different things that – different titles. I usually would say I'm more of like an – entrepreneur founder yes uh i i would say like yeah i am an influencer i have a, a mm -hmm. relatively large audiences mm -hmm. um simply put if yeah. if i'm just explaining it to like bob on the street i'm just gonna be like hey yeah i'm an influencer and then usually they're like oh okay yeah and then i'm like okay but just like look me up like i promise yeah. i'm not like i'm not like the people just like doing it for clout like i i have purpose yeah. and whatnot and that's what i do think is missing from social media is a lot of people don't Ooh. have a purpose a lot of people don't have a lot of depth yeah yeah. Like I hate I I hate to say it. Like I really do. Yeah. I mean, I don't even hate that you're hating to say it. I I like I think it's very real. Yeah. It's real. Like people just are doing it to go viral. People are doing it so that they have a presence, but I mean, I think in the world that we're living in, social media is not going away. It's a tool more than anything. Mm -hmm. And if in person you're not that same person, that people see you as mm -hmm. online, I think that's where we start to see some problems. That's where we start to see like, oh, do I like your content that you're portraying of a certain yeah. like avatar of you? Yeah. Or is this actually you and you could have the same conversation with me over DM, over voice memo, yeah. through my video content, you could feel the same way as if we're sitting here right now. Yes. And that's lacking. That really is. Like, even trying to find – because you have a podcast, too. Yeah. And I love the title. Thank you. Everything is Within. Yeah. Why Everything is Within. Um, I mean, I think that just based on my story and things like that, it just – it. I think a lot of young people specifically, mm -hmm. not – I mean, content creators aside, just young people, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, even millennials, young, younger millennials, I think just really are struggling with a lot of self-confidence. And yes. I do think that you have the power to pull yourself out of 
whatever hardship or situation possible. I'm not saying, oh, toxic positivity, you can do anything. I'm saying confront your issues with a therapist and a medical professional. Get the help that you need. But also, here are some mindset hacks and some tools that you can use to actively work towards living a more fulfilling, positive gratifying, uh, enjoying, savoring the moment kind of life. I think one of my favorite things to do is to just literally like stop and smell the roses. Like I I like to sometimes walk down the street with my noise canceling headphones in, Mm -hmm. in a safe area, being aware, of course, we're New Yorkers (laughs) here, but to just observe. Yeah. We, We used to do this actually in art critiques in the Rose Garden next to USC in Expo Park, if anyone's listening from L.A. It's a great place to do this. We got but, some L.A. followers out here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love L.A. I was actually planning on staying in L.A. We, we have a lot COVID. of people in South Africa. Interesting. Yes. Well, that seems Cape like Town. A, that sounds like a great place to nature uh, observe, observe the world, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I think what we used to do, I forget what the act, it was called a look and listen. Yeah. So you literally would just go and either close your eyes and listen or you would use, like block everything out and focus on the colors. Yeah. Focus on the vibrancy. Write down the shades. Write the hues. Write the gradients, the textures, blah, 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 blah. And just really enjoying those little moments mm-hmm. makes me also feel human. Yeah. It makes me remember like, oh, you know, the sky or, or the, the sky is turning orange and yellow. Maybe when I run, my body's yeah. going to turn red. Does that look like the sunset? Yeah. Or like like things like that. Does the sand, you know, like when I when I like run my hands through sand, does that resemble stretch marks like things like that? And and I think when I think about the world, I just try to see the beauty in it because life's too short to to just always be working. We just really have to appreciate everything around us also. And I think um, I don't know. I, I just think that's a good way to. Make bring people back to earth, literally, yes. but also to ground people amidst yes. the the world where we're so invested in this digital in yes. our hand, where we're just like blah, 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 like comment constantly, subscribe constantly swipe, comparing blah, comparison yeah because p- comparison is the thief of joy yes I and love like that quote. sometimes I have to like reel my own self back yeah, in same. because you know you will see people that will like sir I was having this I was literally having this conversation like. I was having this conversation with my fiance. It's so weird saying fiance. You know what I mean? Is it? It is. Is it? It is because it feels <laughs> like I'm trying to flex, but I'm actually not. It's just like I'm just gonna say partner. But um, <laughs> but I was having this conversation with him about this, and sometimes I can become like this shell of a person, right? Where it's like I'm not even trying to compare myself to people. I think sometimes social media wants us to do that, and I had to. I had a conversation with myself. And whenever, like, I'm having a conversation with myself, I actually talk out loud. You know, it's kind of, it's like my thing. It's a little weird, but I do it. But um, I was having a conversation with myself and it's just like, why am I comparing myself to other people's success when all I need is is somewhat already within me? Mm -hmm. And that's like why I love your title, because sometimes, like, I think we can just, like you said, we can just get so caught up in the nuances that we start comparing ourselves to other people. We start wanting what other people have. We're floating up. We're not feeling grounded. And like what that tends to do is I've had to learn how to check myself and mm-hmm. be like, hey, Janelle, listen, you don't know that person's prayers. You don't know what they're saying to God when they're alone. You don't know the you don't know the the meditating they're doing. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know where they might feel like they're lacking in. Yeah. So like growing up and just developing and getting my mindset right I have to kind of keep myself grounded and I have to not compare and just be like our timing is so different yeah and also the not only timing and and everyone else's journeys aside but I think when you're so focused on what other people have you forget what you actually want and so this actually happened to me literally last week when I was in Mexico this Certain thing came across my feed and I was talking about it with one of my best friends mm-hmm. and because we were there together and I'm just like, damn, seriously? Like they this person got this opportunity. Yes. Why? You know, some people act some people actually, you know, some people actually aren't that great, but we can't ever question 
that's what that's what messes me up because it's yeah. like I know what this person does behind closed doors. Right. I know who this person and is you're in like, person. I know this person pretends they care about things right. that they don't care right. at all. And then you're like, mm-hmm. why did they get that opportunity when my integrity is here and theirs is here? Yeah. And the truth is not everybody cares about integrity. Ooh, yeah. Literally, yes. people don't. People will say one thing and do the other mm-hmm. just to make a paycheck, to get a role, to, to do whatever it is, to get a person. And then what usually ends up happening over time is that maybe they won't do as well. So anyway, I'm all frustrated. I'm just like, I wasn't mad. I wasn't angry. I was just like, I had gotten also asked about the potential of this opportunity, of Mm -hmm. said opportunity. And I had seen this other person get it. These other people get it. And I was like, what the frick? I was just like, "Mm." whatever and then I was like you know what Gigi like if it's meant to be it's meant to be if you didn't fill the role you didn't fill the role and if they needed those people to fill that role sometimes on the business side of things people do what people got to do they choose a certain person to fit a certain demographic or a certain role yeah and you just have to be okay with that move on if the opportunity is meant to find you it will and uh, lo and behold guess what email I got on Wednesday the role yeah for the next rendition of it so my my I think moment was coming it just wasn't in that and until I let go of the idea that I needed to be in that role or do that certain thing that these other people had gotten I know I'm being very vague right now but I just it's confident you can't tell she might she might have like an NDA she can't say all she want to say but until I let go of the idea Uh uh-huh it didn't come to me like once I let it go it came to me and this happened within a week but this happens all the time. I like that. Once it you let literally it go, happens. Once you let go. Of what somebody else has that you think you want, the right thing will come to you. Wow. So like, do you do a lot of manifestation work? Like, what does that look like for you? Because you have like a very like, I hear this thing, not not saying, I mean, I consider myself to be delusional. Oh, but yeah. there's this thing about being delusionally confident. Yeah, I've heard about this. You seem to like think incredibly highly of yourself which I love and I think everyone should how do you like manifest that or how like what is your process of getting into that mindset like do you do you do it at the beginning of the year like what does that look like for you yeah well so on the concept of like the the delusionalness I don't even I don't really like that word because I fully believe it Ooh, like I think it's like yes you are worthy you are confident yeah period like there's no delusion about it Mm. like it's happening we're here in the moment right so I think part of that is being present yeah and not thinking oh well here's what I'm gonna do five months from now right it's about making it happen what are the steps that you can do today that can make things happen tomorrow yes do today what others won't so that tomorrow you can do the things others can't I love that that's not my quote I wish it was but it's one of my favorites. Uh, the other thing about it is I write things down yeah. in my journal, just reflective, right? Yeah, like journaling I, is a big thing for me too. I'm not a I am going to have a million subscribers kind yeah. of thing. It's more of a who's the person I can show up as so that I'm enabled to or so that I can reach this milestone. And once I reach said milestone, what will I act like? Mm -hmm. Who will I be? How will this benefit me? Because if you're just throwing things out there, oh, I want to be a Sports Illustrated model. Oh, I want to be, you know, uh, famous on TikTok or verified or whatever it is. What is that going to do for you? It's all about how you like show up. And well, that, but if you don't have the idea of what the accomplishments are going to do for you, they're just something on your resume yeah it's just like a, another thing in your pocketbook like it's yeah. not something that has purpose I like to put my accomplishments up on a shelf yeah. and I like to look back and see the archive of how far I've come I don't like to really just do things to do things or manifest to manifest I mean I think a lot of it is also about taking that action and also again like healing like I I go I have therapy every week and I talk about certain things and I talk about the way that the things that I want working on the you know Mm -hmm. the trauma and all the past stuff that 
has happened so that you can make space for the stuff that you actually do want to come in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like what that. I do. I, so I talk a lot about um, operating from a place of trauma mm. and the last season that we had for the to all the people podcast i talked a lot about healing from generational trauma and attributing my self-worth to the things i was winning at constantly winning constantly doing well and then it's just like who am i when i'm not winning who am i when i'm not doing well so it just sounds like you've learned how to operate from a place of love and is there like any advice you would give to someone that's really, really struggling? Like some, I think a lot of people really do succeed because they're like, I do not want to not be able to pay my bills anymore. I know what it felt like to be homeless. I know what it felt like to go without. I know what it felt like mm-hmm. to be abused growing up. I think a lot of people know what, like even you like having, I don't even like saying a chronic illness because it is, but you talk about, you know, you talk about healing a lot. Like even, you know, you having this thing, some people will oftentimes operate and use that to leverage like their success. Or sometimes people oftentimes sink. Mm. They're like, I can't get up from this. I cannot pick myself up from this. And how did you learn how to operate from a place of love? Like you seem to show a lot of compassion to your compassion for yourself. Yeah. I mean, I think it really comes down to that word integrity. Like I, even when I started working in social media, it was like integrity over everything. I don't give a shit if I have a $50,000 contract from a big brand that does not have good ethics. Love that. Yeah. That's work. It's not selling your soul. Right. With people, friends. I don't care if me sending your resume along to my friend working at the company that's your dream company like I don't care about sending that email because I want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. You're not a competitor to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not threatened by what you have going on yeah. ever. I just want everyone to do well. So I think my downfall is that I trust too easily and that I give so much. So I think the biggest struggle I've dealt with is the the boundary of like when do I draw the line and who do I do something for, which I've learned over time as my careers ebbed and flowed. But in terms of just like people, I just always think, why not? Like you never want to go down the street and not make someone smile. Yeah. You don't want to go and have an interaction that leaves a sour taste in your mouth. Yep. You never want to be that person. You always want to be the person leaving people with like, wow, I just met this influencer that, you know, I've been connected with online that I've never met before in person and they're an amazing person and I get amazing vibes. You never want it to be, oh, yeah, no, they were so rude. I I never want to be in the same room as them again, which dare I say happens a lot. It does happen a lot. And I don't really – I don't really like that. Yeah. I don't really ever want to be that person. So I just know professionally – behind the scenes uh, on a personal level, socially, I just always want to be like happy, well-adjusted. And I mean, that was something my parents always said growing up. It's like, be a happy, well-adjusted person. It's like, what the fuck does that mean as a kid? You're like, be nice, don't hit people. (laughs) But it's true. Like some people just will be bullies to get what they want. Mm -hmm. Other people will do kind things and still get stomped on. Yeah. And so if you show up as that kind person – over and over and over again, it will pay off. And so the advice about operating from a place of love, I think really comes from, I know you're struggling. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. You're you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to get the tools that you need mm-hmm. to come out on top, yep. regardless of what that is. If that means you're really struggling with your health and you end up talking to your friend about it and you have the courage to do that or a family member, so then you can go to the doctor and be confident in telling your doctor about your symptoms, yeah. which then leads you to a better diagnosis that's more accurate or that that that's realistic or a treatment that yeah. maybe you haven't tried before. That's a win. That'll help you in the long run. Yeah. And that's what's really helped me. It's just kind of hope, like hoping things will get better. And I mean, for me, that that took years and years, right? Like I was really struggling and I, I there were so many moments. I tried so many different things yeah. for my pain and nothing was working at all. And so a doctor said, I think you should get this diagnostic laparoscopy. And I avoided it for a year and a half. Wow. A year and a fucking half. I don't know how much my symptoms got worse with endometriosis or whatever, but once I did go through and get it, 
I woke up and the doctor's like, yeah, you have endometriosis. This was a really good call. Had you not gotten this, it could have progressed. If you don't treat endometriosis, you can have fertility issues. You can have long-lasting issues in your body outside of that. Yeah. And so I think part of it's also trusting your intuition and letting yourself feel that. I was so angry. Yeah. I was angry. I was like, God, fucking damn it. Another diagnosis. Why is this happening? Why? Yeah. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, my God my life has changed. Yeah. I have an answer and I feel better than I ever have. Yeah. And like, that's a win. Wow. That's a win. Ooh. Have you read the book, The Body Keeps the Score? I started it, but it was too intense for me. So I haven't picked it's, it up since. It's, it's so, it's so dense. Yeah. But it's just so crazy to me how connected our body is, mind, body, and spirit. And it's just like, before you're, proper diagnosis because you just had your surgery yeah in December how are you feeling after that I mean literally like my life has changed my pain levels are so down I was in pain three weeks out of the month um I had to have special painkillers for just certain times of the month um because my pain was so bad I also was seeing doctors like two to five times a week depending on which doctors, follow-ups, testing, all these things. And I just – this happened to be the thing that also was helping me, I guess, live – or that was causing me from living my life at the fullest potential. The other thing is I am allergic to meat. I got bit by a tick and there's this thing that happens when the tick bites you. I'm not a doctor, so consult your medical professional if you think you have this. No, it's called alpha-gal syndrome, which is like, I was like, haha, the name is fitting because I feel like I have an alpha energy. Yes, yes. I didn't even think about that. I know. It's like a joke, but – uh, it's called uh, Alpha Gal, and it's uh, a tick. The Lone Star tick bites you, and it changes your blood chemistry so that wow. it anytime you eat meat or a product from animals, it makes your body think it's a tick, and your body tries to fight it. And so I was having so much inflammation from that. So I'm also now fully vegan, like literally living my best life, feeling yeah. the best I've ever felt, the most energy I've ever had, less tired, less fatigue. Is that because of the inflammation from the diet or like the the you know eating routine that I'm mm-hmm. on? Or is it because of the surgery and they got a lot of the things that were causing me to be more inflamed out. So I think it's a combination. And mindset-wise, I've just had the best support from my friends and family Mm -hmm. and surrounding people. And it's Mm -hmm. just – it's it's so frustrating to me that it took 13 years. But I'm happy that it's now and not five years from now, 10 years from now, when it may have been too late, especially in the case of fertility. Yeah. There's like – there and there is no shortcuts with healing no and i think people like when we're like trying to achieve goals and we're trying to achieve success there will be roller coasters yeah there will be emotional like hurdles and that's like why i always think to myself someone your calling might not be the same as someone else's because there will be life-altering events that will either make you or completely destroy you Mm -hmm. And I think like the fact that you were able to continuously persevere and show up and say, hey, actually, this thing happened, but I am enough just as I am and I can still keep going. Mm -hmm. I can still keep doing this. That just that says a lot because a lot of people really do struggle with having compassion for themselves. Like, yeah, I someone my my friend Kenzie I was on her podcast and she asked me she's like do you know how do you show compassion for yourself and I was like wow like as a black woman it is so hard for me to do that Mm -hmm. like it is so hard because like I said that that constant need to attribute who I am to all the things that I have and succeeding Mm -hmm. and showcasing black girl luxury right and and constantly having to do it and I feel like you know, just having this conversation, I'm learning the importance of, you know, helping other people, but also more so making sure that I'm doing it for myself yeah. too. Yeah. Like I got to make sure I'm good. And giving yourself that grace. Yes. That's a big thing I focus on because, you know, like since December, I've not been operating at a hundred percent. Yeah. I never was to start because of it, but I had distracted myself for years with school, Yeah, with work, with Keeping like yourself social, busy. Yeah. exactly, to avoid the yes. problem. Yes. So when I got the surgery, 
I was forced to really recover for six weeks. I wasn't really filming ads. I did very minimal work in January, um, six weeks off. I did very – I was doing some catch-up in February, but still like probably 50% of mm-hmm. where I normally operate at. I actually got my palms read by a psychic the other day. I'm getting a reading. Okay. Soon. Like I had to wait six months for this lady. Oh, okay. Wait, I want your lady. Okay, I'll send it lady. to you. But like I'd never done this before. Yeah. And she was like, you have not been acting like the Taurus you are. Because, like, I'm a Taurus, a May baby, and I'm very – I love Taurus. You know, uh, what are you? I'm an Aquarius, but okay. it's a Taurus. One of my – yeah, one of <laughs> one of my good friends is an Aquarius, so this makes – the vibe is good. Ma- yeah, it yeah, makes it's good. It we're does. Chill, yeah, know? we're – exactly. Yes. So easy. And she's like, you have been acting so not like yourself. Did something happen with your health? What are you healing from the mm. past three months? Yeah. And I'm like, I just got – endometriosis surgery and you're right because I've been really laid back and she's like don't worry things are about to pick up yeah I swear to god the emails that have come through the past three days since this happened it's like unreal unreal and part of it really was allowing myself that space to take my first fully paid for uh, like vacation that I paid for myself, right, yeah. to Mexico last week. I allowed myself to not really answer the emails, to yeah. not be stressed out. Okay, you can wait another week. Like, yeah. God forbid I heal, right? God yeah. forbid I take care of myself before doing work. I'm not saying neglect your responsibilities, of course, but vacation's vacation. We all deserve it. You got to find time to relax. Exactly. And so I did that. Um, I also just really was like, you know what? We're on we're on go time, yes. right? You know, I had my event you came to yesterday with Adobe and Which was amazing, by the way. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad you got to come. And I was not and- expecting that. <laughs> it was like nice to see you in action too. I yeah. was like, okay, Gigi is a boss. Uh, thank you. But like that was an example of okay, it's go time, right? I had to facilitate. I had to be a host. I had to greet people. I had to deal with so many moving different parts. But that was a role that I had not taken on since December. Yeah. And it's the middle of March. Wow. I hadn't. I do events like that every quarter. So I wouldn't have even guessed. Thank you. The confidence that you exude is there. You got up and did a meditation in front of the class. Yeah. I was like, okay, Gigi, I see you. Ah. It was good. Yeah. Thank you. And and part of it was getting back into that flow Mm -hmm. because part of me felt guilty for being like, oh, damn, Gigi, like you're not giving everything 100 percent. You're, you know, lacking whatever empty cup. You can't. You got to go fill yourself back Exactly. Up. Exactly. One of my favorite analogies that I wrote about, oh God, I, I probably have to go back to like December uh, 2020 or 2021, but it was this idea of like champagne towers mm-hmm. where like when you pop the champagne, if you don't fill that first cup, you can't yes. literally make the tower to help other people. Yes. So the bigger the tower, the more you're going to have to help yourself, yes. which is so important to think about when you're a creator with millions or thousands or hundreds of thousands or just even hundreds or tens of people, right? Yeah. Think about that. Think about how big that pyramid has to be for you to be on top. Yeah. And what you have to do to get everything to trickle all the way down. Yeah. Wow. Okay, the last thing that I want to talk to you about is your book. It is beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So this is... Is this to your inner child? Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm all about the inner child healing. Listen, tell us about it. It's a kid's book about chronic illness. So, yeah, it's it's details my story. You know, it's for kids ages, what, uh, five plus. But I think adults need this story just as much as kids do. When I saw it, it made me think about how the weird thing that I like to do is I like to go buy myself things I didn't have as a kid. Oh, That's like my, it's not even weird. That's like my favorite thing to do. I love that. Like I went and brought some Uggs. I don't even wear them like that. I know. Yeah. To me growing up, those were the rich kid shoes and I wanted them so bad. But when I saw it, I like that it has the feel of a kid's book, but it also feels like I can pick that up as Mm -hmm. an adult and read it myself. Yeah. Yeah. I I could read a couple of little things. Should I read the intro? Yes. So it says, this is the first time I'm reading this. I'm excited. No, I'm excited. (laughs) Um, Okay. So parents, caregivers, family, brothers, sisters, friends, and patients. 
This book walks you through the experience of a lifelong patient of chronic illness overcoming judgment from others and propelling herself to self-advocacy. Within these pages, I cover the key words and used frequently and sorry, I cover the key pillars and words used frequently when it comes to chronic health issues through personal but relatable examples. My hope in sharing my story is to inspire kids to have who have friends with health issues to be more empathetic and compassionate. But ultimately, this book is written for the kid coping with a lifelong health issue. It's meant to remind kids that although they may have a chronic illness, nothing is wrong with them and they're capable of becoming exactly who they're meant to be and can be confident doing it. So it's a story really about courage, resilience, body love, and uh, illness. And, you know, I think as you go through, part of the really cool thing about these books is that they're meant to not put somebody in a box or make people feel a certain way with the illustration. So it's really about inclusivity. It's not about what did I look like. It's about what are the words. Yes. So – you know, and, and what are those visuals? That's why you'll see some very simple typography. Um, you know, my health oh. issues and things like that and nice little pill situation. I love this. And this is honestly, so, this is really yeah, so needed. Like this is needed. Yeah. I'm I'm really excited and it'll be available March twenty first officially. I you hope can get it on I hope you're celebrating online. yourself. Yes. We're having a, a fun little celebration soon. Yes. Okay. So when so when does it drop? Sorry to mean it drops on March twenty first. You can Google a kid's book about chronic illness. Go to a kids book about dot com. I think a kids code and search for a kid's book about chronic illness. It's also going to be available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. So, uh, yeah. And, and you know what? I think another really cool moment here, like I mentioned to start off with, is how I was able to not only use my story in a way that I guess in some ways marketable, but it's necessary to tell my story because what I've done makes things possible mm-hmm. for other people struggling. Yep. It's – to every person dealing with a health issue or self-confidence issue or mental or physical condition that doesn't think they can do it or doesn't think they can write a book or chase their dreams. Yes, you can. I've made it, I've made it possible. Yeah. You have to figure out what your journey is and make it happen. So that's, that was part of the inspiration. And I, I, I didn't know that I would be an author. I didn't, but I'm really happy that I am. And I can't wait to write an adult, a book meant for adults as well. This is so good. I just turned to a random page and it says, I also felt a lot of loneliness and shame because I couldn't do what other kids my age were doing. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you. Okay, Gigi, I'm going to need you to drop all your handles. <laughs> Where can we follow you? Where can we hear hear about you? Uh, well, you can find me everywhere and anywhere by Googling Gigi Robinson. Very easy, very simple. <laughs> she on Google, y'all. She's on Google. She's verified. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all my handles are the at symbol, the word it's, and then my name, Gigi Robinson. So it's Gigi Robinson everywhere, and they're all verified, so you don't have to worry about finding a troll on the internet. And my website's ggrobinson.com. That's that's about it. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the yeah, podcast. Thank you for having me. This was so incredible. I'm happy you liked it. This book. Yeah. I need to buy one. I'll send you one. Please do. No need to buy one. All right. Thank you so much, Gigi. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. This was so good.